This is Serious Defense. Oh, Madina, 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 Tunabi. Oh, what a beautiful place. The city of peace, the city of tranquility. And uh, joining us uh, from uh, the friendly city is our very own uh, Mufti Ibrahim Smith on Quickfire Q&A. Mufti Saab, Assalamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh. And tell me, how are you doing on this uh, beautiful Jumma morning? Friday, Jumma morning, uh, Mufti Saab. Deep Mufti, you are muted, and uh, maybe you unmute, then we can hear your golden voice. Assalamualaikum. Waalaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Shafat, you know, yes, indeed a wonderful, a beautiful, a glorious uh, Friday, Juma. Uh, again, and I heard your comments about the beautiful city of Madinatul Munawwara. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us all there again and again, inshallah. Yeah, Mufti Saba, Madinatul Nabi, alhamdulillah. As you said, you know, you just come fresh from Medina Munawwara. Well, Mufti Saab, I can hear those brothers and those sisters. And we were having a hearty conversation this morning. And as you know, the longest serving monarch has made parda from this dunya and some uh, kalas and some uh, kalus and some people say, hey, how lucky she, she got jum. Mufti. <laughs> 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 you know, that, uh, that is so mild. Uh, with regards to some comments uh, that I have read, uh, some comments stating that uh, may Allah grant a high place in Jannah uh, that I saw on some social media platforms, du'as being made uh, by some of our Muslims, you know, so, uh, in the, but it's sad indeed because that shows the level of ignorance amongst some of our Muslim uh, brothers and sisters, G. Yeah, and then uh, some are, uh, you know, taking the uh, banter a bit too far. I mean, you're getting them like, you know, our official uh, burial uh, societies and notices. Now they have the, the Queen of Windsor, Elizabeth, this, that, that, that. And the Janaza will be read by a Mufti, so and so. I mean, uh, this is taking it a bit too far, Mufti Saab. Or is it, uh, uh, yeah, uh, should we just uh, look at it, you know, maybe let it be? What's your thoughts? No, we cannot look at it uh, from a, a perspective of let it be because Islam still governs us, uh, Shafat. We shouldn't forget the crimes that this uh, particular monarch committed in uh, uh, complicitness in uh, colonization and, uh, you know, all these things that they did. But from purely Islamic perspective, uh, we are governed by Sharia, and uh, Sharia has not permitted us uh, to read Salatul Janazah for or make any other type of dua for her because uh, she died upon a kufr. Uh, that is as far as we know and as far as our judgment goes, G. Yeah, now and then when she came and visited a mosque, and she put a scarf on, people get so happy, say, ah, Queen became Muslim, and then you know, <laughs> and Diana wanted to become Muslim. She went to Egypt, and she was there by one Mufti, uh, you know, and he made her read the Kalima and so forth. Anyway, people, there's more important things to focus. Focus on yourself and where, how you're going to meet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and what condition you're going to meet Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, instead of focusing on others. And I'm looking at the question coming through, and it says, uh, Mufti Sahab, can Muslims post R.I.P. Uh, pictures of Queen Elizabeth. Mufti Saab? No, Shafat, we cannot do that. You know, RIP, and I, I think we've mentioned it many times before, RIP is in fact a dua because you're saying a rest in peace. So uh, we cannot say a rest in peace for someone who's died as a, a non-Muslim, you know, uh, even if you want to uh, give condolences, even if the person was uh, next of kin, a close family member, you cannot do that because the Quran in Surah Tawbah has not permitted us uh, to do that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ 
you know, I just mushrikina. It is not permitted for the believers to make uh, istighfar for uh, those people who ascribe other gods to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, even if they are uh, next of kin, you know, after it has been cleared. Uh, or clear to them that they, these people died upon a kufr. So that's why we say we cannot do that. A Muslim should refrain from uh, uh, making such uh, statements. I said it in my, my uh, uh, lecture last week as well. And I think today I will have to make a special Juma'a Bayan about this RIP business, G. Yeah. Mufti, did you ever get caught in a riptide? Uh, yes, uh, in fact, when I was quite young, I think 14 or 15 years old, it's something I would never ever want to experience again. Yes, sir, Mufti Saab. Even I was uh, taken in a, in, a, in a backwash, you know. It was uh, right into the Indian Ocean, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, alhamdulillah, saved us and uh, brought us yeah. back to shore so that we could be broadcasting and, you know, serving the ummah, hopefully. Yes, sir, Mufti Saab, this question says, Assalamu alaikum. Can Mufti please uh, comment on the learner who was expelled for keeping a beard, Mufti? I believe that he was expelled for going against uh, the school's uh, policy, their code of conduct. Uh, you know, what is very strange is that these same schools will promote the LGBTQP and queer and uh, uh, boys can wear girls' costumes and girls can wear boys' costumes. What the fisk and fujur and sin and vice and evil, these schools don't have a problem. Sadly, when it comes to upholding Muslim values and what Muslims hold dear, every school will have a problem with that. So that is pure and clear discrimination against the Islamic faith. You know, we shouldn't leave it like that. You know, we should uh, sign petitions. We should speak out and uh, we should uh, visit uh, this particular school and ask them, even if it's in their constitution, uh, they should make changes to that to accommodate all our faiths uh, so far because uh, these things we can never, ever tolerate. It will set a precedent for other institutions to follow and uh, soon our boys won't be allowed to wear beards just, just as our girls won't be allowed to wear the headscarf G. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. Is it uh, compulsory for a wife uh, to take uh, care of her stepson? It is not compulsory for a wife to take care of her stepson, and neither can uh, the husband or the father of the son burden his wife with that. However, it is commendable, Shafat. She will be rewarded uh, if she takes care of her stepson, you know, because for every living thing that a person feeds and looks after, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives reward. And that narration is in uh, Sahih Bukhari as well. Although it is not uh, obligatory upon her, there's nothing wrong if she does it from her own side. And, uh, of course, with mutual uh, agreement between herself and her husband, G. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Sahaba. Can a Muslim male apply relaxer to his beard? There's nothing wrong in uh, applying a relaxer to your beard as long as water is still able to permeate, water is still able to penetrate uh, your beard, your follicles, your uh, hair particles, etc. The moment it creates an artificial barrier and it doesn't allow water to permeate or penetrate, uh, then your hudu won't be valid. And as such, your solar won't be valid. So you have to look at the ingredients and you have to look at the application of that also. If, if it is something that nourishes the beard, then it will be absorbed uh, by the beard and then it will be permissible. Gee. Is a zakat due on a Mandela commemorative uh, gold coin, the Mufti? Yes, zakat is due on that, but zakat is not due on the value of uh, that coin. Because remember uh, that you might have purchased it for 5,000 bucks and today it's worth 20,000 rand. So zakat will be on the gold content, the gold amount that is in those coins. If it is one ounce or, 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 or one uh, hundred grams, etc., you will have to find out how much gold that coins contain and pay zakat according to the gold price, not to the value of the coin. 
Uh, Mufti Sahaba, can one drink Zamzam water while standing? Yes, Shafat. In fact, in the Hanafi Madhab, it is permissible to drink uh, Zamzam water whilst uh, standing. And uh, the evidence is, of course, uh, a narration that comes in Bukhari and one comes in Sahih Muslim as well, that Rasulullah uh, was reported to drink uh, Zamzam water standing. Another narration in Muslim, it comes, he took out from a bucket some Zamzam water and he drank it while he was standing. So that is for people following the Hanafi mother for Shafi people, it is uh, recommended to drink it while a person is sitting. So both uh, instances or both uh, ways are correct. A person can either drink it standing or a person can drink it sitting as well, G. And uh, what about ordinary tap water then? Uh, Ashim Amla is doing the, uh, the, the, the Shafi style, sitting and drinking. Yes, but it is the actual sunnah for ordinary tap water and for any fluid uh, that a person uh, drinks or consumes, uh, be it uh, juice, etc. The actual sunnah for that is uh, to drink it while a person is seated. So that was the teaching of Rasulullah Sallam, with the exception here of uh, Zamzam, perhaps, according to various the Sahaba that narrates this particular uh, hadith shafat. Because, it could be because of the properties or it could be because of some uh, hidden uh, wisdom uh, behind drinking Zamzam standing. Can a, a woman in her menses wear nail polish? Yeah, there's no salah upon a woman uh, who is in a menses, so uh, she can apply nail polish. Nail polish will only not be permitted when a person has to take wudu and uh, the water is not able to permeate and coat and wet those nails because those nails are supposed to be wet also when a person uh, takes wudu. So when she's not reading salah, meaning she's out, she's in a monthly menstrual period, then it's permitted for her to wear a nail polish. Assalamualaikum. Uh, should one repeat his salah if he read it in the wrong direction? Like those pictures we are seeing, those ISIS crisis guys reading <laughs> salah in all the different directions. They didn't even know which direction they were praying. <laughs> it, it happens uh, sometimes, Shafat, especially, you know, when people are on travel or people on a journey, then uh, they have to look and search for Qibla. So if a person made the hurry, the hurry is uh, using his discretion in searching and uh, establishing and ascertaining which direction is Qibla, and he reads his Salah like that, and afterwards he learns uh, or comes to know that he, uh, his Qibla was incorrect, then there is no repeat of that Salah, that Salah will be deemed valid. However, if a person didn't use his discretion, didn't search for Qibla, and uh, he reads Salah incorrectly in an incorrect direction, and then afterwards he's informed or he, he uh, finds out that he read in the wrong direction, then you will have to repeat uh, that first salah. So then there's qada on that. So what uh, the requirement is, is a person should first ascertain which direction is Qibla. Nowadays it's easy, Shafat, because you get those apps that you get, you know, uh, uh, Qibla.com, etc. You can just put the phone down and it will show you directly which way is Qibla, G. Yes, sir, Mufti Sahib, question here says, Assalamu alaikum. What is the ruling on a decision made by an old person Drifting in and out of consciousness, uh, Mufti. Uh, uh, decisions, uh, you know, especially with regards to a person's wealth, etc. Uh, those should be taken into consideration when a person is not in marital mode, meaning when a person is not on the verge or on the doorstep of death. So when a person slips in and out of consciousness and he cannot recall, then uh, those decisions uh, should, of course, be scrutinized because he could have been coerced in uh, that uh, particular instance to make a particular decision. So uh, that's why there should be witnesses or it should be recorded or it should be uh, written down, whatever his uh, wish or desire is regarding 
his uh, estate regarding his financial situation, whatever decision he wants to make. Uh, but people shouldn't uh, really just accept a decision that a person makes in that particular state because he is not by his full mental capacity, Shafati. Uh, Mufti Saba, why is it those people that are about to make parda from the dunya, they breathe so quickly and the breathing becomes so shallow? Please advise, uh, Mufti Saab, what should we, what should we be reading? Uh, should be reading uh, Surah Yasin, you know, at least read uh, that. And, uh, of course, make tahlil also for them, you know, read La ilaha illallah. Remind them that they are busy leaving this world. And a person who leaves this world, uh, whilst reciting the kalima that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will admit such a person into Jannah. So as for the breathing uh, and uh, shallow breathing, etc. So yes, because the soul is departing, it is leaving uh, the body. So whilst it looks uh, or it uh, appears and seems to us that uh, that process is very quickly, it actually happens in stages according to a person's deeds and good deeds that he did in this world. If uh, a person uh, lived a righteous, pious life, then the soul will glide out of his body. But if the person committed so much sin, then it will be done in stages. Uh, it will go up to his ankles and from there the soul will go to his knees and from there to his uh, abdomen and from there to, to his throat until it departs, which is of course more painful than a normal death. But even in that uh, particular uh, instance of Shafat uh, that we should still remind people that uh, they are now crossing over into the Akhira, so let them die with Imanji. Mufti Saab, is it uh, permissible for a business owner to install uh, surveillance uh, cameras without the knowledge of his employees, uh, Mufti? That is basically two questions. Number one is uh, the usage and, uh, uh, and the nature of these cameras, you know. So, you know, there's a ulama uh, or there's uh, the school that says it is not permissible to capture any images, you know, because uh, taking pictures, etc., that is haram. So then that will apply to the usage of uh, CCTV cameras as well. And uh, so if a person installs that, uh, then he will be taking uh, pictures and uh, he will be ca- capturing all uh, these people that are working for him and even without their consent as well. And we know of the Poppy Act also, Shabbat, uh, uh, we discussed it once upon a time, you know, the protection of personal information, which is called uh, the Poppy Act. So that also you cannot record images of people uh, without their consent, without their knowledge. It's about Sharan and uh, According to Sharia, then, in, uh, according to uh, uh, secular law, also it will not be permissible then to do that. G. Uh, Mufti Saab is a person who wears a catheter allowed to read salah in a masjid. Uh, yes, a pers- person is allowed to read salah in uh, the masjid, but it should be concealed. So uh, that bag that catches the urine, etc., it shouldn't be exposed. And uh, to such an extent where people will start speaking about it and it should be covered uh, with the hope that it doesn't interfere with a person's salah and it won't break also when that person is reading salah and uh, ends up soiling uh, the carpet uh, area, etc. That person will be regarded as a ma'adhur. Ma'adhur is a person who suffers from some sort of disease and is excused from certain uh, things. And that uh, particular catheter shavad, that will be regarded as part of the body as well. So you'll have to keep it clean just as you keep uh, the rest of your body clean, G. Uh, when uh, performing istinja, the toilet paper alone, uh, uh, can it suffice uh, without water? Yeah. <laughs> Shafat, you know that we mustn't just wipe and swipe. We have to use water also. Uh, we're not on the manage and the, uh, the level of the people out there. Uh, some of them only discovering now 
the 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 beauty of uh, using water because toilet paper does not remove every part of najazat it basically removes uh, a significant bulk of that and the rest it uh, just uh, sort of smears it around you know so uh, you need to use water also to get it squeaky clean however that uh, if it is uh, less than a 50 cents coin uh, then uh, toilet paper will suffice so if the uh, najazat that remains Uh, in a person's backside is less than that of about the 50 cent, the size of a dirham coin, 50 cent uh, coin, the fuqa I've ruled, then uh, toilet paper will suffice. But remember, we as Muslims, we need uh, to use water as well because water is uh, abdal, it is better and more virtuous. Yeah, don't use water, then you see the flies coming. <laughs> Pass off, man, sir. Pass off, use the water. Mufti Sahib, what is the ruling on permanent uh, sterilization for women? Uh, she can opt for for semi uh, 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 sterilization, not sterilization as uh, we do it where uh, they remove uh, that particular organ, you know, because that is not permissible. There's other temporary measures in place that is permissible if uh, she uh, suffers from a particular disease or medical condition, etc., and uh, she cannot afford to conceive or fall pregnant. Uh, removing uh, the uterus uh, and uh, uh, becoming completely sterilized that will only be permissible if uh, the person's life is in imminent danger if she conceives and she will die. So there also you need the advice of specialist medical physicians who can advise you uh, as to your health status before making such a decision. Otherwise, there's temporary measures of that is permissible, G. Uh, Mufti Saab, are Muslims allowed to say, Ya Ali Madad? Yeah, Ali Madad, you see, we have to seek help and assistance only from, only from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's why we read in Surah Fatiha, Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in. Only you do we worship oh Allah and from you alone do we seek help. So that is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taught uh, his slave shifat. When you say, Ya Ali Madad, you're actually saying that, oh Ali, Oh, Ali, that I help us, you know, that, so that will be constituting shirk. So now you're asking and making partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where you only have to, to seek help and uh, assistance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So people should refrain from uh, doing such things. Ji. Uh, Mufti Saab, assalamu alaikum. When one makes a mistake in uh, your nafil rakah, which forms a part of one's obligatory farz salah, should you repeat your entire salah, Mufti? If you make such a mistake, they will leave out some of the arcans of Salah and you didn't rectify it, then you have to repeat it. Otherwise, you can rectify it immediately uh, when you recall it, you know, and just make sarja to sahwi, you know, that uh, forgetfulness, prostration. So if you leave out in uh, rakan, uh, rukan, except, uh, for example, uh, you know, you didn't make ruku or you didn't sit for the sajda, etc. So then you will have to do that. There's no need for you then to repeat your entire salah, but you have to recall and remember immediately, Shafat, before you leave uh, the place where you've read your particular salah on that particular space. So if you recall, just make uh, rectify it and make sajda to sahwiji. Uh, Mufti Saab, is one allowed to keep a tortoise as a pet? Skill part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sculpted, yes, yes, so you can keep a tortoise as a pet, but all these pets, uh, one needs to be able to look after them, uh, don't discard them, you know, that uh, give them water and feed them regularly and properly. Even for that, uh, you will be rewarded because you're looking after the creation of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So not only for display purposes and uh, to beautify your garden, that uh, keep these pets and uh, ask Allah for reward also, G. Mufti Saab, here in my town, uh, we have uh, people uh, forgetting the Sunnatul Nabi but they follow the sunnatul ustad. Whatever the ustad did, they do their type of sunnah. Is this permissible in uh, in the house of Islam, Mufti? 
We have to follow the, the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a taught and as handed down from generation to generation. So if your ustad is a person of the sunnah and he can give you reference to all the deeds and actions that he does taken from the sunnah, then you can follow him because he's only explaining to you what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught. Because perhaps a person is not well versed in Arabic, and in the sciences of uh, Islam, so you need a teacher to teach you those things. However, if your person or your teacher or your ustad is someone who's a deviant, someone who's an innovator, etc., and cannot trace uh, his actions back to the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, then it is best not to follow him because he will drag you uh, with him to hell. So we have to be careful who we follow in this world, Shabbat. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saba. Nepotism has become quite rife in Islamic <coughs> organizations. Darul Ulum, the madrasas, etc., etc. I want to know, is this a detrimental to the house of Islam? Because it, this is uh, not the Sunnah way. Please uh, talk to us, Mufti Saab. Yes, well, so we, we cannot con- uh, condone nepotism, not on a personal level, not within family, not within our institutions. Our institutions should be an embodiment of how the Madaris were in the olden days, you know, people who uh, were direct students of the Tabi'in, the Sahaba, etc. So, uh, and we have to fight nepotism, racism, and all these other isms. Uh, we have to fight against it, and uh, we have to create that awareness uh, so that we do not fall prey to these type of things. Uh, Shafat, remember, we're not running mafia uh, operations here. We are dealing with institutions that are creating ulama, the leaders of tomorrow that will have to go and guide and lead the people. So when you are creating or you entertaining nepotism, then what message are you sending to your students? Because they will take that out to the people who they will lead tomorrow. So we have to be very, very careful what we introduce and how we deal with these issues in our institutions. G. Mufti Saba, we know recently we had caught many from the subcontinent that come to our country and collect money, and they take these monies under the pretext of having to build madrasas that side, but they're building luxurious homes and living lives of opulence. Mufti Saab, some of them have been caught, but they're repeated offenders because our people here are spoiling them and refuse to charge them criminally. Should we take that on their behalf and report these people to the law and get them charged. Mufti Saab? Uh, yes, there's many aspects to this particular question, Shavad. Number one is, uh, you'll see now with the recent Pakistani floods, how many of them will be coming in here? Because I've seen it before, uh, and uh, those people, I've met people who actually lied, who were say, saying that uh, they have 10,000 students, 8,000 students, and when we did uh, independent verification, we found out these people to be liars. So it's easy to make money from South Africa because these people see us as gullible and soft-hearted, kind-natured people, and that we we are that, and we were, you know, we are very good people, but do not exploit our local peoples. Then second, Nishavad, I've met people who only give to foreigners. They don't want to spend their wealth locally, so they support uh, these institutions and some of these criminals as well. Uh, uh, you know, so uh, these people, uh, we have to tell them also that first support, lo- because you're making money from uh, local people, so you have to support and spend locally as well. And if you cannot verify independently about these uh, foreign organizations uh, coming, then uh, you do not have to support them. It is better for you to su- support and sustain locally. We have to report these individuals. Otherwise, if it is leave unattended, Shafat, you leave it unattended, then uh, what will happen? You're creating criminals and uh, you're creating people that are living from the wealth of the Ummah, while those who are genuinely need, they are suffering. 
Uh, Ma, for my question, Mufti Sahab, I've been told uh, recently that there are certain uh, uh, ulama that are using uh, black magic uh, to get businessmen under the spell so that they can milk them every month for funds. Is this uh, uh, not a heinous sin, Mufti Sahab? And those that are doing this, they are damned to hell. Mufti Sahab, please forgive me, but I know this is going on. Mufti, how do you respond to that? Uh, yes, yes. We know the people in, under the name of uh, Wazifa. And uh, you see, if you want to scare the people, all you have to tell them is uh, that they are affected with Jadu and they are f- affected with Sihar and Jinn. So then people become, uh, you know, they become so afraid to live and uh, they uh, start thinking and believing that all of this is, uh, is is correct and true. So if it is not a genuine person telling you this, if it is not a genuine army, then you have to be very careful and wary because all they want to do is they want to milk you, especially uh, unwary uh, business people out there. Uh, you see, they'll tell you your business doesn't uh, prosper because someone made see her in Nazar. All these type of things, that's why when you go into some business, you'll see uh, the precautions that people are taking. So be careful. Just now recently, uh, in Solian Cape Town, we have one UK uh, lecturer that is capturing the people. One Salaf, you know, that humble guy, he's here in uh, Cape Town as well. And uh, his lecture is just about the unseen in Jin, and he's a ex- so-called expert in uh, that people even argued with me that he's doing it according to the Quran and Sunnah. My simple question is that show me where uh, and what is your understanding of the Quran and Sunnah, because that is how they bamboozle people by telling them that these people have made jadu against you. So most of these things, uh, they want to scare you in order to milk you for, uh, for your money, Jin. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti Saab. Is it permissible to, uh, for us uh, to attend Urus? Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Mufti Saab? Yeah, so I don't encourage all of these things, uh, Shafat. You know that I'm a very, very straightforward uh, person because there's no foundation, no basis for that uh, in Sharia, no basis for that uh, in Islam also. Uh, the Sahaba, they didn't do it, and uh, the Tabi'in after them, uh, they didn't do it as well. So because of the age and times that we're living in, we have to be very careful what we introduce in our societies. For whatever innovation we introduce, that some of the sunnas are being left and discarded and it won't return. So we're practicing on less, less deen and we're practicing on more innovations, G. Yeah, you know, you talk about business and all then You know, people may give you the other things. They say, okay, we have ishtima, we have so, so a few other yes. things. Uh, this wasn't uh, done by the Prophet ﷺ. But on these good bidats, I mean, you look at uh, Tarawi to you know, Hazrat Umar, you know, uh, brought it into 20 rakats. And uh, many said, you know, during the time of the property, it was eight to six or so, uh, so forth, or so many rakats. But uh, then eventually the consensus was it is a good bidat. So let it be. Yes. What's your thoughts on that, Mufti? Yes, it is divided. You know, according to our ulama, the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, uh, bidah is divided into two types, uh, two categories. You get your good ones and you get your bad ones. Then it's also divided linguistically. And according to Sharia, so what Sayyidina Umar referred to as Ni'matul Bidatul Adi, he referred to it linguistically because there was already uh, evidence of that found in the actions of Rasulullah Sallam. He performed Salatul Tarawih. So there is a basis and foundation. Good Bidatul Shafat is that which can trace its root back uh, or it doesn't contravene Sharia. Bad Bidatul is when people innovate such things that it opposes Sharia, uh, the tenets of Sharia, the laws of Sharia. And it has replaced uh, b- b- things that Sharia has encouraged. 
all, all it, uh, Sharia is prohibited from. So that are considered as a bad bidas. Where you have gatherings like this, and there'll be intermingling of sexes, you'll have ladies' voices, there'll be no parda, no hijab, etc. So we cannot condone that under the principle of uh, uh, something being a good bidah. That's why when you judge, you have to look at what are the pros and what are the cons, what is contravening Sharia, what is going against Sharia. G. Mufti Sahib, the, the recent conditions in the world has uh, made me much poorer and I lost a lot of my wealth. I recently went to my brother for a loan and he had uh, given me and subsequently I find it difficult to pay him back on time. And he says, no, he wants some money on time. I noticed that he has given many others the same amount of money that he has given me and he's written out most of their debts. But when it comes to me, my brother is playing hard rock. Please advise Mufti Saba, what shall I do? You can ask him to have uh, uh, to give you some respect, you know, because that is what the Quran is saying. The Quran is saying to all those people who have given loans to other people that Fanadiratun Ila Maisara that give for some respite because people are still recovering from COVID, from businesses and things that they've lost. So, you know, then the Quran also says, But even if you give charity of that money, which you write it off as charity, then that is even better for you. So those are the two options that the Quran is given. However, if you've agreed to repaying and settling your debt on a particular date, then try your utmost to do that. But there is no harm in informing the creditor that you do not have sufficient funds to pay him at that particular time. So that arrangement you can make also and uh, then uh, you have to keep family ties as well so many many things and aspects uh, because money between family that creates the biggest uh, type of fitness and it's also a reason for cutting off family ties you see the people say that rather deal with strangers than uh, dealing with your own family with regards to money issues because you'll end up cutting and losing your family also G. Uh, Mufti Saab, I'm uh, quite interested in what uh, you are talking about when it comes to Urus. Uh, my family has been ha- having Urus for the past 35 years, and alhamdulillah, we call family members and uh, friends. Even non-Muslims come to the Urus. The topic is about Nabi Muhammad Wasallam and Isira. We have meals after that. And alhamdulillah, in many cases, we had five or six uh, non-Muslims accepting Islam. And it is an easy way of getting families together, even if it means once a year. Please, uh, Mufti Saab, we should not hit this for a six, but rather encourage it. Mufti Saab, what's your thoughts? Yes, uh, Shafat, you see, calling people, giving them food, and uh, people embracing Islam, that is all good. No one has a problem with that. And then uh, getting people together in a uh, speaking about the Sira of Rasulullah, that is also very good. Uh, in Cape Town, you'll see now Mawlud time that uh, Cape Town Masajid will be celebrating that because the Shafi Madhab has permitted that. In, uh, elsewhere in uh, Joburg and uh, uh, KZN, they will be having Sira Jalsas, uh, which is also the same thing, but just a different name. See how people playing with the words uh, Shafat. It's the same thing. They'll be calling people, feeding them, and speaking about the Sira of Rasulullah. That is that. What you have to do, you have to separate the intermingling of sexes and actions which Islam is not condoned, you know, uh, that you have to separate from your gatherings. If you do that, uh, then your gatherings will become commendable, and uh, then it will become praiseworthy also, because what you are doing now, you are speaking about Rasulullah you are discussing the history of Rasulullah you are enjoying family ties by giving, uh, getting the people together, and also uh, you will be doing charity, Shafat, uh, by feeding them. So all those are good actions, just uh, separate the bad from the good, and you continue what you are doing as good, G. Mufti Saab, I grew up as a young man uh, knowing a Katamal Quran, but what is this new innovation, new bidat called Katamal Bukhari Sharif? I don't know where it came from. How can you make Katamal Bukhari Sharif of six 
over 6,667 different hadiths. <laughs> I, I don't know where he gets the figure from, but uh, Mufti Sahib, your comments? Yes, uh, so it is more than 7,000 hadith that Imam Bukhari has collected from over uh, uh, you know, many, many hadith that he sifted out, and uh, those hadith only fit uh, his uh, criteria for selection of hadith, which he has admitted uh, in his book. So uh, when they complete Bukhari Sharif, see now many uh, bidais crept in also in this so-called Khatmo uh, Bukhari Jalsas, you know. So we don't keep these things uh, anymore. We just get the students together. Uh, we'll complete the last hadith and then we'll give the certificates because it's costing a lot of money, Shafar, to entertain the crowds. You have to make decks and decks of food and uh, so many other experiences. Bring a special guest. You have to fly him five-star treatment and uh, then you have to give him some sadaqah also. So all of these expenses could have gone into the actual madrasa. You could have empowered the students. You could have upgraded the library. You could have done so much things with uh, that uh, particular money instead of giving the so-called merrymaking feast. So, uh, yes, uh, we should be careful how we deal with these things, uh, especially uh, Bukhari Khatams, you know, today's Bukhari Khatam, tomorrow will be, will be another type of Khatam, but the history of that is it used to be an auspicious gathering where people got together in Dioban those days after the completion or the recitation of uh, the last Hadith of Bukhari, and Dua was made after that, and then it spread from there, more people came, more people entered, until uh, what it uh, became known as today's Shafat. So uh, we, we have to be very, very careful with regards to how we spend uh, the funds of the Institute uh, in uh, these type of uh, festivities. G. Ah, mashallah, Mufti Sahib. Already a great session with you this morning on quickfire Q&A. Perhaps your parting words. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect uh, this Ummah Shabbat still make dua for the people of uh, Pakistan as well, you know, and uh, refrain from this RIP business because we've got more important things that, like you said now, that we have to attend to. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Mufti Ibrahim Smith, really brilliant, absolutely brilliant this morning. And I must say thank you all for sending in your questions and uh, making it such a lively show. And also to Yusuf Asmal for brilliant engineering. People, keep it locked on to Sirius FM. Shortly, it will be the spiritual hour. We'll have the 40 The Roots playing. And uh, later on, uh, Mufti A.K. Hussain will be giving the translation of the Juma Kutbah from the Holy Lands. From the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.